the dead man gazed to me that acute and added horror of Dr. Herbert West, which harassed the later years of a companion, our companionship. It isn't natural that such a thing as a dead man's scream should give horror, for it is obviously not a pleasing or ordinary occurrence, but I was used to similar experience, hence suffered on this occasion only because of peculiar circumstances, and as I have implied, it was not of the dead man himself that I became afraid. Herbert West, whose associate and assistant I was, possessed scientific interests far beyond the usual routine of a village physician. That was why, when establishing practice in Bolton, he chose an isolated house near the potter's field, briefly and brutally stated, where his sole absorbing interest was a secret study of the phenomenon of life and its cessation, leading towards the reanimation of death through injections with an excitement solution. For this ghastly experimenting, it was necessary to have a constant supply of very fresh human bodies, very fresh, because even like this, these decay hopelessly damage the brain structure of human, because we found that the solution had to be compounded differently for different types of organisms. Scores of rabbits and guinea pigs had been killed and treated, but the trail was a blind one. West was never before succeeded, because he had never been able to secure a corpse significantly fresh. What he wanted was bodies from which vitality had only just departed. Bodies with every cell intact and capable of receiving again its impulse towards the mode of motion called life. There is hope that this second and artificial life might be made perpetual by repetitions of the injection, but we learned that a normally natural life would not respond to the, a- the action. To establish the artificial motion, natural life must be extinct, and specimens must be very fresh, but generally dead. Gilson Quest had begun when West and I were students at a Miss Captain Atonic University Medical School of, in Arkham, widely conscious for the first time of the thoroughly medical, mechanical nature of life. There was small, there were seven years before, but West looked scarcely a day older now. He was small, blonde, clean-shaven, soft-voiced and spectacled, with only occasional flash of a cold, blue eye to tell of the hardening and growing fascination of his character under the pressure of his terrible investigations. My experience had often been hideous and extreme results of defective reanimation, which lumps of graveyard clay being garnished into this morbid and natural brainless motion by various modifications of the vital solution. One thing had uttered a nervous, shattering scream, another had risen violently, beaten as both to unconsciousness, or in a muck and shocking way before it had, could be placed behind sudden bars. Still another loathsome African monstrosity had clawed out of its shadow grave and done a deed. West had to shoot that object. We could not get bodies fresh enough to stew any trace of reason when we emanated. So the priest folks created numerous nameless horrors. It is certain to think that one, that two, for monsters still lived. That thought haunted us shuddering. Till finally West disappeared under frightful circumstances. But as the time of the screen, etc., 
laboratory or the isolated Bolton College. Our fears are subordinated to our anxiety to extreme the fresh specimens. My was more vivid than I, so that it almost seemed to me that he looked half convulsively at any other, at every healthy living physique. It was in July 1910 that the bad luck regarding specimens began to turn. I had been on a long visit to my parents in the my noses, and upon my return found West in a state of singular evolution. He had, he told me suddenly, in any local would have solved the problem, precious through an approach from an Italian New England back of artificial preservation. I had known that he was working on a new and hardly unusual environment compound. I was not surprised that it turned out well until he explained details of other puzzles as how much a compound could help in our work, since the objectable stillness of the specimens was largely due to delay occurring before we skewed them. This I now saw West of Gilly replies, creating his embalming compound for future rather than internet use rather than immediate use. And trusting the fate would supply again some very recent unburied corpse, as it had years before retained the Negro killed in the Bolton prize fight. At last fate had been kind, so on this occasion before on this occasion there lay in a secret cellar property a corpse whose decay could not be any possible that he had begun. What would happen on remuneration where we could hope for revival of mind, reason West did not venture to predict. The experiment would be then not probably in our studies. He saved the new body from my return, so that might that both, that both might share the spectacle in cu- custom fashion. West told me how he obtained the specimen. He would have been a vigorous man, a well dressed stranger, just off the train on his way to transact some business for Bolton Western Mills. It walked through the town and been long by the time travelled pawns or cottage to ask the way to the factories his heart had become greatly overtaxed. He refused to it and suddenly dropped dead. Only a moment later, the body might have been inspected, seen to West and Helen gift sent a gift. In a brief conversation, the stranger made it clear that he was unknown to Bolton, searching his pockets he revealed him to be one Robert Livet of St. Louis of Harry about a family to make instant inquiries at his disappearance. If this man could not be restored to life, no one would know of our experiment. He buried our materials in a dense strip of woods between the house and Potter's Field. If, on the other hand, he could be restored, our fame would be brilliantly and permanently established. So the dead lay. West had injected into the bodies rest a compound which would hold it's fresh for use of the mind revival. A matter of presumably we can't, with on my mind, repair with a successful experiment. Did not appear to trouble with assembly. He hoped at last to attain what he never attained before. A rekindled spark of reason, perhaps a normal living creature. So that night, July eighteenth, nineteen ten, Herbert West and I stood at a laboratory and gazed out at the white silent figure beneath the dazzling art light. The bombing compound worked uncannily well. As I stared fascinatingly at the sturdy frame which had eaten two weeks without stiffening, I had moved to seek West's assurance that the thing was really dead, assurance he gave readily enough. 
When reminded that we in average solution was never used without careful tests as to life, since it could not have no effect on the individual variety were present. As West proceeded to take primary steps as a press for the vast inquisity of the new experiment, inquisity so vast he could trust no hand less delicate than his own, forbidding me to touch a body. He further subjected a drug in the wrist, just beside the place his needle, and punctured when injecting the embalming compound. Then this, he said, was to neutralise as a compound, and realise at least the system to a normal relaxation, but the reanimating the solution might really work then when injected. Slightly later, when the change in judge of terror showed to affect the, their limbs, West stuck a fellow like object violently over the twitching face, not withdrawing it until the corpse appeared quiet and ready for our attempt at reanimation. Pale refuses now applied some last perfumery tests, perfunctory tests for absolute lifelessness, withdrew satisfaction and fully, finally ejected the left arm and accurately measured them out in a vital elixir, prepared during an afternoon of greater care than he had first used since college days. When our feet were new and groping, I cannot express the wild restless suspense which we waited for results, as this first really fresh specimen, the first we could reasonably expect to open his lips, fresh from sleep, perhaps to tell of what they had been he had seen beyond the unfathomable abyss. Worse as a materialist, believing that no soul attributing all the work being accomplished us, the bodily phenomena. Presently he looked for no revelation of hideous secrets from gulfs and cabins beyond death's barrier. I did not wholly disagree with him theoretically, yet held vague instinctive remnants of primitive faith of my forefathers, that could not help eyeing the corpse with a certain amount of awe and terrible expectation. Besides, I could not extract from my memory a hideous human shriek heard on a night we tried our first experiment in a deserted farmhouse in Arkham. Very little time elapsed before I saw the attempt was not to be a total failure. A touch of colour came to the cheeks of the dough, chalk white and spread out under the crisp ample stubble of the seedy beard, the sandy beard. West then had his hand in the pulse of the left wrist, suddenly nodded significantly, most simultaneously a mist appeared on the mirror, inclined above the body's mouth. There followed a few spasmodic vascular motions, an oval breathing and physical motion of chest. I looked at the closed eyelids. I thought I detected quivering. Then the lids opened. Chewing, chewing eyes, which were grey, calm, alive, but still unintelligent, and not even curious. In a moment of fascination, I whispered questions to reading ears, questions of other worlds, of which the memory might still be present. Subsequent terror drove from my mind. I think the last one which repeated was, Where have you been? I do not... N- I do not know, yet know whether I was answered or not, for no sound came to the well-shaped mouth. But I do know that at that moment I firmly thought the thin lips moved slightly for my syllables. I would, I would have vocalised as only now if the phrase had possessed any sense of reverency. At that moment, as I say, I was elevated, conviction that the, the one great goal had been attained, that for the first time 
have even had many things to cults that uttered sink words and held by actual reason. In the next moment there was no doubt about triumph, no doubt about the solution had truly accomplished, at least temporarily, its full mission of restoring the rational and articulate life to the dead. But in a triumph there came to be the greatest of all horrors, not horror of the thing that spoke, but of the deed that I had witnessed, and of the man whom my fresh fortunes had joined. For that very fresh body, at last writhing to form, terrifying conscious, his eyes deluded, and the memory of its last scene on earth, put out of frantic hands, a life of death struggle with the air, and suddenly collapsing a second and final dissolution, which were there could not be could be could be no return, being that a cry that will ring eternally in my aching brain. Help keep off you cursed little toe head toad head fiend, keep that damn needle away from me. Some of these things made me, have made me faint, others convulsed me, devastating nausea. While still others have made me tremble and look behind me in the dark, despite the worst of them, I believe I can myself relate the most hideous thing of all, the shocking, the unnatural, the unbelievable horror from the shadows. In 1915 I was a physician, the rank of first lieutenant in a Canadian regiment in Flanders, one of my many Americans received. The government itself into gigantic struggle. I not entered the army for my own initiation, initiative, but rather as a rather as a natural result of enlistment. The men whose intervention system I was celebrated, Boston Surgical Specialist, Doctor Herbert West. Doctor West had been avid for a chance to serve as a surgeon for the Great War, and when the chance had come, he carried me me with him, almost against my will. There were reasons why I would have been glad to let the, the war separate us, reasons why I found the practice of medicine. Companionship was more than more irritating. But when he had gone to Ottawa, and through colleagues' influence, secured the medical commission as major, I could not resist the impoverished persuasion. One determined that would, should I, I should occupy him in my usual capacity. <coughs> when I saw that Dr. West was avid to serve in battle, I did not mean to imply that he was in need 
even actual, more like anxious, a safety of civilization. Always an ice cold in intellectual machine, slight, blonde, eye wide, and spectacled. I think he secretly seared my occasional martial enthusiasms and senses of sublime new neutrality. There was, however, something he wanted to battle Flanders in order to secure it. He had to assume a military exterior. What he wanted was not a thing which many persons want, but something connected with the cooler branch of medical science he'd quite chosen quite condescendingly to follow, in which he achieved amazing, catering hideous results. It was, in fact, nothing less, more or less, an abundant supply of freshly killed men in every stage of disembodiment. Remembrance. And Herbert West needed flesh bodies because his life work was the animation of the dead. The work was not known to fashionable clientele, who so swiftly built up his fame of his arrival in Boston. It was only too well known to me, who had been his closest friend, sole assistance of the old days, in Mr. Tonic, Tonic University Medical School at Arkham. He was in those college days, begun his shock terrible experiments. First, the small on small animals, then a human body shockingly attained. There was a solution which he injected in the veins of the dead. Things, if they were fresh enough, they responded in strange ways. He had much trouble in discovering proper formula for each type of organism. It was found to need stimulus, especially adapted to it. Terrorists stalked him when he had rejected, reflected on his partial failures, new as things resulting from imperfect solutions, or from bodies statistically fresh. A certain number of these failures were remained alive, one of them in asylum, others had vanished. As he thought of conceivable yet virtually impossible eventualities, he even shivered beneath his usual stolidity. West had soon learned the absolute freshness was the prime resecrate for useful specimens and had accordingly resorted to frightful and unnatural expedients in body snatching. In college, and during our early practice together, the factory town of Bolton, my attitude towards him been largely one of fascinated admiration. But as his boldness in methods grew, I began to develop a gnawing fear. I did not like the way he looked at healthy living bodies, and there were great in there came a nightmarish session in the cellar library when I learned that a certain specimen had been a living body and he secured it. That was the first time he'd ever been able to revive the quality of rational thought and courts. This has attained at such loathsome costs completely hardened him. Of his method in intervening five years, I spoke, dare not speak. I was held to him by sheer force of fear, a witness sights that no human tongue could repeat. Gradually I came to find Herbert West himself more horrible than anything he did. That was when it dawned on me that his once original normal scientific steer was ill for prolonging life and suddenly degraded into a morbid, morbid gaulish curiosity, a secret sense of canal pitch quickness. His interest became a hellish Perverse addiction to repentantly in feeling she is abnormal. He gloated calmly over artificial atrocities which would make most other men drop dead of fright and disgust. 
became behind his padded intentionality a fadidious balladole of its physical experiment, a languid elgabalius of the tombs, dangers he met, unfinished crimes he committed unmoved. I think the climax came when he proved his point that rational life can be stored and thought new worlds to conquer by experimenting on the elimination of detached parts of bodies. <laughs> he involved in the original ideas and impendent vital properties of organic cells and nerve tissue separated from natural physiological symptoms systems and achieved more immediate preliminary results in the form never dying artificially nourished tissue obtained from newly hatched laid eggs of inscribable tropical reptile. Two biological points he was seemingly anxious to settle. First, whether any amount of consciousness or actual action would be possible about the brain proceeding from the spinal cord of various nerve centers. And second, whether any kind of ephemeral, intangible relation distinct from the material cells may exist to link the surgical spiritual parts of what we perceivably then living and then had previously been a single living organism. All this research work required a prodigious supply of freshly salted human flesh. That's why Herbert West had ended the Great War. A fantasial unmentioned thing occurred one midnight late in March 1915 in a field hospital behind the lines of St. Olay. I want I wonder even now it would it could have been other than a demonic dream of delirium. West had a private oratory, a west east room, a barn like temporary effortis, assigned him on his plea for his advising new record methods of treatment for his whole helpless cases of maiming. But there he worked like a butcher in the midst of his gory wares. I could never get used to the liberty which he handled and classified certain things. At times he actually did perform marvels of surgery for soldiers, but his chief sites were less public and philanthropic kind, requiring many explanations of sounds that seemed peculiar, even amongst the bubble of the damned. Among these sounds were frequent revolver shots, surely not common in the battlefield, but distinctly uncommon in a hospital. But the West Virginia specimens, not long for meant for long existence or a larger audience besides human tissue. West employed much of the rectal embryo tissue he been he had cultivated with such singular results. It was better than human material containing life in organisms and fragments. It was now my friend's chief activity, a dark corner laboratory of a queer implicating burner. He kept a large covered vat full of his rectanian Cell matter, which multiplied and grew purely and hideously. On the night of which I speak, we had a splendid new specimen, a man at once powerfully, physically powerful, of such high mentality that a sensitive nervous system was assured. He was rather ironic, for he was the officer who helped West on his commission, and who was now to have been and who was now to have been associated. However, moreover, he had been past secretly studied 
the field of Revelation, to some extent on the West. Major St. Eric Mormon, Chapman Lee, DSO, was a great surgeon and a vision. Been hastily assigned to the sector, renews the heavy fighting beach headquarters. He came in an airplane piloted by the Jupiter Lieutenant Roland Hill, only to be shot down when directly over his destination. The fall had been spectacular, Northland. Hill was unrecognizable. Afterwards, direct wounded up great that the great surgeon in a nearly decapitated, otherwise intact condition. West was greedily seized as life had seen, which had once been his friend, a fellow scholar. I shuddered when he finished severing the head, placed it in his hellish vat of pulpy, reptile tissue to reserve it for future experiments, and see to treat the decapitated body on the inaugurated table. Ejected new blood, joined new certain vein arteries and nerves at a headless neck and close glassy aperture, and curved skin and the device fashion, which bore and offers as a uniform. I knew what he wanted to see this highly organized body preserve it about its head. Any of the signs of mental life at which had disgusted Sir Eric Morham Chapter Lee, once a student of animation, his silent trap was now grossly called upon to emphasize it. I can still see West under the sinister electric light as he injected his reanimation solution into the arm of the headless body, a scene I cannot describe. I should faint if I tried, for there is madness in the room full of the crucified canal things with blood and lesser human debris. Man's ankle deep on slimy floor, the hideous reputation, abominations, sprouting, bubbling, and baking over a wrinkling, blush green spectre of damn flame in a far corner of black shadows. A specimen of West, if it was old, a splendid nervous system, much was expected of it. And if, as far, few twitching motions began to appear, I could see the fiendish interest on West's face. He's ready, I think, to see proof his increasingly strong opinion, a conscious reason, as personality can exist independently of the brain. A man has no central connected spirit, a million machine, nervous matter, each section more or less complete itself. In one triumphant demonstration, West is about to relegate the mystery of life to the category of myth. This body now twitched more vigorously, and beneath our vivid eyes commenced to heave. Frightful way, the arms stirred disquietly, the legs drew up, and various muscles contracted, impulsive, kind of wavering. Then the headless thing threw out his arms in a gesture, which was simply one of desperation and an intelligent deprivation, apparently significant to prove every theory of human waste, certainly, and those recording a man's last act in life, the struggle to get free of the falling airplane. What followed, I never positively known. It may have been wholly in a station, shock caused at that instant by the sudden complete destruction of the building, a cataclysm of German shell fire. Who can again say it since West and I are only proven survivors? West liked to think that before his recent experience, but there were times when he could not 
for it was clear that we both had the same hallucination. It is a occurrence. It's was very simple, notable. Only one what what he implied. Body and table risen, with a blind and terrifying groping. We had heard a sound. I should not call that sound of a voice. For it was awful. And yet its timber was not the most awful thing again. But it neither was its message. And it merely screamed. Jump, Ronald, for God's sake, jump. The awful thing was its source. For it came from a large converted vat. Covered vat. God is calling the calling black shadows. because they would not have believed it. They knew indeed that, that West had been connected with activities beyond credence of all new men, with hideous experiments, in reanimation dead bodies, long been too expensive to admit of perfect secretary. But the final soul-shattering catastrophic element held elements of demonic phantasium, which make even me doubt reality what I saw. I was West's closest friend, and only confident assistant. Confidential assistant. He spent many years before in medical school, and from the first I shared his terrible researches. He had slowly tried to effect a solution which injected the veins of the newly deceased, who would restore life and labour, demanding an abundance of fresh corpses, therefore involving the most unnatural actions. Still more shocking were the products of some of the experiments, ghastly masses of flesh, when dead, but that waste weight to a blind, brainless, nuisance emanation. These were the usual results in order to awaken the mind necessary to a specimen absolutely fresh, and no decay could possibly affect the delicate brain cells. This need of very fresh corpses been West more undoing. They were hard to get. One awful day is to kill the specimen while he was still alive and vigorous. A struggle, a needle, a powerful alkaloid had transformed into very fresh corpse. The family succeeded. A brief and memorable moment. A West had emerged with a soul callousized and sneered. A hard eye which sometimes glanced with a kind of hideous calculated appraisal. Man of streaming. Brain 
especially vigorous fatigue. Towards the last, I became acutely afraid of West, for he began to look at me that way. People did not seem to notice his glances, but they noticed my fear. After his disappearance, used that as a basis for some absurd suspicions. West, in reality, was more afraid than I, for his abnormal pursuits entailed a life of fugitiveness, a dread of every shadow. Partly, it was the police he feared, but something his nervousness was deeper, more nebulous, touching on a certain inscribable things into which he injected a morbid life, from which he had not seen that life departed. He usually finished his parents with a revolver, but a few times he had been not quick enough. There was a first specimen of those rifled grave marks or crawling were later seen. There was also that Arkham Professor's body had done cannibal things before he had been captured and thus unidentified into a madhouse cell at Sefton, where it beat the walls for 17 years. First, most of the other possibility, possibility surviving results were things less easy to speak of. For later years, West subjects zeal degraded in an healthy and fantastic mania. He spent his chief skill virtualizing, virtualizing not entire human bodies, isolated parts of the body, or parts joined into an organic manner, other human. He had become famously disgusting. By the time he disappeared, many of the experiments would not even be hindered in at print. The Great War, for which both of us served as surgeons, had intensified his side of West. In saying that West fear, this specimen is numerous, I have in mind particular its compact nature. First, part of it came merely from knowing the existence of such nameless monsters, while another part arose from apparition of bodily harm it might, under certain circumstances, do the disappearance, added horror to the situation. Of them, all West knew the whereabouts of only one, only one dreadful asylum thing. There, were, there, there was a more suitable fear, a very fascinating, fantastic sensation, resulting from a curious experiment, Captain Canadian Army, 1915. West, in the midst of severe battle, a reanimated Major Sir Eric Morland, Chapman Lee, DSO, a fellow physician. We knew about experience and could have duplicated them. Had it been removed, so the possibilities of his quasi-intelligent life in a trunk might be investigated. Just as a building wiped out by German shell, there had been a success. The trunk had moved intelligently and unbelievably. To a late, we had both sickening. Sure that an archaic sounds come from the detached head lay in the shadowed corner of the observatory. The shell being mercifully in the way, but West could not, could never feel certain as he wished that we too were the only survivors. He used to make shuddering conjectures about the possible actions of a headless physician with a power in animating the dead. West's last quarters were in a venerable house of much elegance overlooking one of the oldest burial grounds of Boston. He had chosen a place for purely symbolic and fantastical amnesia. Aesthetic reasons. Since most of these interments were of the colonial period, therefore little use for the scientists 
seeing it in very fresh bodies. The laboratory was a cellar secretly constructed by ported workmen, and contained a huge incinerator for the quiet and complete disposal of such bodies of fragments and synthetic mockeries of bodies that might remain for the morbid experiments and the hallowed rumors of the inner. During the excavation of this cellar, a moment struck some exceedingly ancient masonry, unfortunately connected with the old burying ground, yet far too deep to correspond with any known stupular therein. With art of number of calculations, West decided to resemble it into some secret chamber, these are tomb of Abbey Hills, which last interment been made in 1768. I was with him when he studied this notorious dripping walls laid bare by the spades and matlocks of the men who were, were prepared with gruesome feel which attained, attended uncovering and strengthened great secrets. But for the first time, West New Germany covered his natural curiosity. He betrayed his degrading fibre by ordering the masonry left intact and plastered over it. This, thus it remained till the final furnished night. Part of the balls and the secret lovely, I speak, of West's But I must add that it was a pure mental and incredible thing. Outwardly, he was the same to last. Calm, cold, slight, and yellow hair. Spectacle blue eyes, general aspect of truth, which years and fears seemed never to change. He looked calm even when he thought they took that, of that cold grave and looked over his shoulder, even when he thought of the calmness thing ignored and passed as Sefton bars. The end of the Herbert West began one evening in our joint study when he was dividing his curious glance between the newspaper and me. Strange headline and item I struck at him from chronicled pages and a nameless titan claw that seemed to reach down through seventeen years, sixteen years, perhaps fierce, something fearsome, incredible happiness, Satan, a sudden fifteen miles away, studying the neighbourhood and battling the police, small hours in the morning, body of a silent man at the end of the grounds of their leader, had aroused the attendants. He was that menacing military figure who talked about moving his lips, whose voice seemed almost ridiculously connected with the immense black case he carried. Especially face was handsome, to a point of radiant beauty, but had shot the superintendent with an unusual light fell on it. But it was a wax face with eyes, a painted glass, some nameless accent had fallen his man, a larger man guiding his steps, a pungent hulk with bluish face, seemed half eaten away by some unknown melee. The speaker had asked for the custody of the cannibal monster, committed for Markham at sixteen years old. Upon being refused, gave a signal that precipitated and shook in riot. The fiends were beaten, trampled, and bitten. Every attendant who did not flee, killing for a finally succeeding liberation of the monster. These victims, who would call the event for hysteria, swore that creatures acted less like men, and more like uncontrollable, unthinkable, autonomous guided by a wax-faced leader. By the time help could be summoned, every trace of the men, and then their mad charge had vanished. From the hour of reading, 
This item till midnight. Wes sat almost paralyzed. At midnight, the doorbell rang, startling him fearfully. All the servants were awake, asleep, in the attic, so I answered the bell. As I had told the police, there was no wagon in the street, only a group of strange-looking figures bearing a large square box which deposited in the hallway after one of them, then grunted in a highly unnatural voice. As fresh prepaid, they filed out of the house with jerky tread. As they watched them go, I had an odd idea that they were running towards the ancient cursory on which the back of the house abutted. When I stand the door after them, Wes came downstairs and looked at the box. about two feet square and bore West's correct name, address, present address, also the bore description. From Eric Morland Chapman, Lee, St. Ole, Flanders, six years of old Flanders, a shell hospital, a fallen under the, from the headless emanation trunk of Dr. Chapman Lee, and upon the attached head, which perhaps had uttered an uncalculated sounds. West was even more not excited now. His conditions were more ghastly. Quickly said, It's the finished. Let's, uh, let's incinerate this. He carried the thing down to the laboratory. This thing I do not remember, maybe particulars. You can imagine my state of mind, but it, it is a vicious lie to say it's hopeless to the waste body which I put into the incinerator. He both inserted whole open wooden box, closed the door, and started electricity. Nor did any sound come from the box after all. It was Wes who first noticed, one passed on the part of the wall, where an ancient tomb masonry had been covered up. I was going to run, but he stopped me. When I saw a small black aperture, felt a ghoulish wind of ice, and smelled the Chanel bells of puissant earth. There was no sound, but just then the electric lights went out. I saw outlined against some phosphorescence of neither world a horde of silent things, which were now innocently, insanely, or worse, could create. Outlines were human, semi-human, virtually human, and not human at all, horde were grotesquely. Herod Trogenerosus. They were moving the stone quietly one by one to a century's wall, century's wall. And then, as the breach became large enough, they came into the laboratory, a single file, led by a stalking thing, with a beautiful head made of wax, a sort of vague eyed crossly behind the leader, sent his long over at west, and did not resist or utter a sound. It was there they all sprang at him, I told him the pieces from my eyes, bearing the fragments away to the subterranean vault of fabulous abominations. Where's head was carried off by the wax-headed leader, who bore, who wore a Canadian officer's uniform. As he disappeared, I saw that blue eyes behind the spectacles were hideously blazing with the first touch of a fanatic visible motion. Servants found me unconscious in the morning. Worse was gone, incinerated contained only untraceable ashes. Detectives have questioned me, but what can I say? The Stephen tragedy, they can will not connect with West, nor that, nor the man with Watts, which existence they deny. I told them of the vault, 
They pointed to the unbroken blast of war and laughed. So I told them no more. They implied that I am a madman, or murderer, probably I am mad. But I might be mad, not be mad. And those accused too, that legends, had not been so silent.